Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today's guest is Umar Hamid. He is an expert in leadership and sales, but most importantly in making you feel like a complete badass, which is what we're going to cover because that's what helps <laughs> us really be, be good at leadership and sales. It's the confidence and conviction uh, that we have in ourselves and whatever it is that we are um, promoting to people, if it's sales or if we're promoting a vision, whatever it is. Uh, so we're going to be talking about changing the individual's behavior, which is you, yours and mine, uh, so that we can improve team dynamics or just our personal dynamics if it's just us as a solopreneur. Um, yeah, I'm really pumped to hang out and talk about this. How you doing, Amar? I'm doing fantastic, actually. It's a beautiful <laughs> day. It's raining cats and dogs, and a lot of people are probably depressed. But for me, it's like every day you're above ground. And you're with people you love and not doing this. We get to add value to the world. It makes me very happy. Yeah, dude. Well, also, you're about to get married. So you're, yeah, well, you're. Oh, my God. Now, now you ripped the day for me. Thanks a lot. Thank you for me. <laughs> I threw it. Yeah. No, dude. Exciting things happening. So Thank you. I'm pumped to have you here. Um, and yeah, I, I'd love to know um, just kind of a, a little bit more about you. What made you decide to really focus on like leadership and sales and, and become an expert in that in that field? It was all about uh, really, it's all about human beings. So just matter what endeavor you're in, if you can come as your most powerful self to whatever that is, you're going to do freaking fantastic. If you come and you've got all the education, you got all the credentials, and you don't have that level of chutzpah, I think is a good Yiddish word, mm. or level of competence, that you're just going to be mediocre. And so uh, you hear of these guys uh, where they're not a doctor. And they're not a scientist. They just pretend they are. And they've just got that level of confidence and everyone believes it and they do amazing work. So I'm not saying be a con man, but I'm saying that you con the world. When you show up less powerfully than you are, you became a doctor for a reason or a realtor for a reason or a mathematician for a reason. If you don't come as your most powerful self, then you are cheating yourself. More importantly, you're cheating all the people around you and uh, pe people like your kids, your friends, your family rely on you, James, rely on me to be our best selves. Because when we do that, we follow our dreams and we do amazing stuff. And it gives them permission to go on that journey for themselves. Mm. When we don't talk powerfully, we basically give them an excuse to just be mediocre. And that sucks. Yeah, Don't be no. mediocre. No. Be freaking awesome. Go all in. That's actually a great story <laughs> is my dad. So he, his name's Jim or what by James, but he, um, yeah. he had two other friends who both had the name Jim or James and they yeah. three had just like kind of normal jobs. My dad did construction work. His friend worked in a car dealership and the other guy, I forgot what he did, but they called themselves the James gang. And what they would do is go out to clubs and they spent like their, their money on these really nice suits and just like their normal jobs. Oh, wow. But, uh, they like, they were like white suits and then they would, the guy who worked in the body shop would get access to like these crazy cars. This is a way different time in history. Oh yeah. But they would go out to like clubs and parties and stuff and just the confidence and swagger alone, even though they weren't these big time people. So everybody, they're getting above their weight. Everybody <laughs> thought that they were. So they would just yeah. like, and it, it escalated into this whole thing. I'm not even going to go into all the details, but it was just funny that like the whole story of those three was just built on like making a name for themselves by just like being confident in the beginning when like no one knew who they were, but they just had that confidence where it's like, they are someone, you know, even though they're just like yeah. normal dudes. And then they freaking got into like a bunch of stuff and it was this crazy thing. I wish they had a book written on all their stories. It'd be freaking stellar. 
I, I love it. Uh, so my significant other, Sheena, was cooking the other day, and she put way too many spices in the dish. Mm. And she's a cook. You know, I just kind of flew around a little bit. And, of course, when I was tasting, tasting that particular dish, it was overspiced. And she was saying, no, you thought I put too many spices in, and you've tuned your mind that this thing is going to be overly spicy. And then I was going – you're like, oh, you're you right. Know? <laughs> it's called priming, and that's what uh, that's what life's that's what leadership is about. So here's my definition of leadership. Huh. Leadership is having so much confidence in the people that you lead that for a moment they suspend their fear and go on the journey anyway. And when they do that, it allows them to uh, it allows them to be fearless and get amazing things done. So it's the leader's job to suspend the fear. And the way they do that is having confidence in their vision and in confidence in the people that they lead. And you can do amazing things. That's why leaders are so important is they're the people that come in and uh, allow magical things to happen because you could have two teams uh, that are identical in every way. And you got a different leader. Mm -hmm. uh, you get dramatically different results. Yeah, absolutely. So what, well, I think this is really important because like, my audience is primarily like coaches. We do sales calls. We speak right. on stages, create content in the world, and people want to be seen as an expert. And it is important. I think you should build expertise over time. Just Alex Ramosi, I think, had the best definition. He said, do cool shit, share it, and then do bigger shit. That's what he said. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's just like teaching from your experience and stuff. But like, there's this whole adage that I've seen a lot of like, fake it till you make it. What do you right. have to kind of say to that versus like, cause like people want to be seen as the expert, but then it's like this fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like I'd love to discuss this more with you. Sure. So I'm going to give you a data point. Then I'll come back to this. Here's the data point. Uh, let's say uh, I was going out on a date and there was this really amazing woman that was there first date. And I tell her about my, myself, how awesome I am and my cars and my job. And I've written a book and this, after about 15 minutes, she's going to excuse herself to go to the bathroom, find an exit, and leave. So when we go into a sales situation, all too often it's about how amazing our company is, how amazing our service is. With my coaching, it's going to be fantastic. And the reality is uh, the person that you're talking to is going to run away because they don't give a shit about your expertise in coaching. Mm -hmm. But if you come in, let's go back to the date scenario and go, oh, my God, you're so interesting. Tell me what you do. And she's going to say, oh, I do this and I do that. And if I'm really finding out more and more about her, at the end of that date, she's going to say, oh, my God, Umar was so intelligent. He was amazing. And that's what we need to do in sales. All too often we go about what we can do for them, what's the value of what we do, when what people really need is this, is to be heard. Brilliant questions asked. So if you want to be great at sales, this is what I want you to do. I want you to give the person you're engaged with one insight they didn't have before. And the way you can give that insight is to listen deeply, figure out what's going on and say, oh, did you ever think that this could mean X? And they kind of go, yeah. And all the other time you were just listening to what they were saying, asking questions, they gave them an insight and that's how you get customers and customers that want to work with you. And then price is not an issue. It's like this person is freaking cool. And just that one thing, uh, rather than all the other coaches that told me what they can do, gave me an insight that I can use today. And I think that's what we need to do yeah. is to uh, 
listen intently, and I, we can talk about how to listen more effectively. And from that, give an insight, and that's how you land customers and big customers for big dollars. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it. I think that. I think you do need to have, like we're talking about, that level of confidence in sales. But yeah. it's it's the unspoken, like, I'm awesome and I know it, but you never say it. You just have this like energy to you of that while also being more intrinsically focused on like, or more just focused on them and their so results. Let me, let me challenge that for you. Let me challenge that for you because I, I don't fully agree with that. So here's my thoughts. Is that if... You, I'm not sure you've been to a party where someone says, uh, James, I'm a really spiritual person. I'm so spiritual on this. And they tell you so many times that what they are, and you know with certainty, this this dog is not that. Mm -hmm. And so when you have confidence in your abilities and in the craft that you do to help people and in the sales process, you can just be. And you don't even have to like tone it down. It's just a because when you're the fastest runner in the world, you don't need to talk smack in a locker room. You just right. show up and get shit done. And when you're great at sales, then you can just focus on the other person. And uh, to them, it's like, uh, I didn't even know you were a salesperson. It's just like, I want to work with you. So I think if you get to that level of confidence, so there's a quote from Einstein that I love. It's goes some, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, I don't like simplicity, but I love simplicity on the other side of complexity. And I think when you truly master sales and you feel confident and powerful in yourself, then you can just be. When you just have uh, an understanding of sales and you're good at it, then you kind of show off a little bit in that area. But once you like, <clears throat> like Alex that you uh, quoted earlier, that dude's going to close. But I suspect most of his conversation is going to be about other gym owners and what's happening in their world and his level of confidence and certainty and he's just going to say, oh, looks like, you know, you're leaving, you know, $4 million of potential clients on the table every year for your competition. Uh, I can help with that. What would you like to do? And they're like, oh, please, I want to work with you. Right. Well, yeah. And that, that is what I was saying of like, it's, it's the, the energy that you portray of like, yeah, I'm absolutely. awesome. And I know it without, but you never say, you never say like, I mm. do this. I do Justin Welsh is a great example too. If you ever watch like presentations from him, he does his backstory and he's done some incredible things and he's like, always keeps it super short. And he's just like, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. Now let me get into like helping you. And he just has this like way of presenting and speaking where it's like, and it's the, it's the calmness and relax, relax, like relaxness, I guess that they have like him and Alex yeah. and Mosey. It's like, they're just like, this is what it is. You know, this is what I've learned what's helped me kind of, and then portraying that and sharing the things that help the other person. So. Brilliant. So the question is, how do you get clients? And uh, so let's talk about leadership. So leadership, I think a leader's job, there's three elements to the job. One is having a kick-ass, amazing, compelling vision that's strategically sound that uh, people go, you know what? I take a bullet for that. That speaks to me. You inspire people to go down that journey. The second thing, which is really hard, is the culture. How do you develop a culture where it's not about ego itself? Mm -hmm. It's where everybody on that team goes, how do we make this company win? So it's not about me and my department. It's not about my idea is the right one. Uh, I've been in companies because I do a lot of consulting where a VP will say, you know, we'll, we won't actively sabotage an idea from another VP, but we won't help it either. 
And it's like, can you imagine working in a place like that with that right. thing? Toxic. So the second thing is culture. How do you get people to let go of ego? And it's all about what needs doing. I'm going to make that happen. Doesn't matter who gets the credit. How do we win? So that's number two. And the third thing is long-term shareholder value. How do we make this company more valuable? And a leader's job, once they've got the vision set and they've got a pathway to kind of grow this organization into being something really valuable. And then it's like all focusing on how do we get the people we lead to set aside ego because we're biologically hotwired to be selfish. And how do we get people to let go of that? And how do we get people to let go of their own fear? Because sometimes, you know, you work with people and you look at someone and you go, oh my God, this person could be a rock star, but they can't see it themselves. Mm. So it's our job as leaders to get them to suspend the fear and see the possibility of change and just start going down that path. And as soon as they start doing it, start getting results, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I can do this. And they step mm. into the person that you always knew they were capable of. And once they do that, other people in the organization are like, wow, maybe uh, I can do that as well. And uh, a lot of life is copying other people around us. And that's why it's really bad having bad apples in your leadership team or your organization and tolerating them. Mm. And what we need to do is to ask them to leave. Cut them a check. Here's a big fat check. Please leave. I think Netflix will give you extra money to leave. Wow, really? Yeah, it's like, uh, please don't stay here. If you need help. Finding something else will give you extra money, leave now, and everyone's happier rather than you struggling for a year, not getting low performance and you in, in infecting the rest of the staff. Right. Totally. So how can we as leaders, because as like a coach or an entrepreneur, if you're running your own business, you, you have to be a leader. That's what you are. You have an audience that you build and you're seen as like their guide. So how can we develop this confidence as a leader? So it goes back to that listening skill again. So the number one complaint when people leave an organization is, is that I was in uh, my manager's office and every time I was there, he wasn't listening to me or she wasn't listening to me because they were looking at me, but they were thinking about the next meeting. Uh, what, what are we going to have for dinner? Uh, what happened this morning? And they could just sense that that person is physically there, but mentally checked out. So as leaders, if we can attend to the person before us, and I'll give you a couple of ways to attending to someone, then they feel heard and connected. And then as a leader, we can actually hear what the real issues are and perhaps what the fear is behind their behaviors. And we can go, oh, I can help you fix that. But if we're not paying attention, one, they don't feel heard, so there's a disconnect. And two, we miss the important information that would have helped us be really great leader. So here is listening one-on-one. Here's a few ways of doing it. Uh, James and the people listening to this podcast, I am going to say a sentence. And when I say that sentence, I want you to just uh, listen to the sentence. And here it goes. Uh, When you smile, other people smile as well. Pretty normal thing to do, right? Now, here is the second time I'm going to say a different sentence. And this time, James and listeners, I want you to repeat the sentence in your head as I'm saying it. Uh, When it rains, it really helps grass grow. So the first question for you, James, is when you repeated it in your head, did you repeat it in my voice or your voice? My voice. Right? Because it was... Ask the listeners to... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Ask the listeners. Some of the listeners, about 50% will actually hear 
my voice when they repeat it, not theirs. Huh. So what that does is this. Uh, it gives you the ability to really focus on what someone's saying because not only are you paying attention to what they're saying, you have to pay attention to it, then you have to repeat it, then you have to hear the repetition, then all of a sudden your entire being is focused on that human being. And what happens is something magical that they kind of go, wow, I really felt that James was present with me today. Hmm. Try it with your significant other, try it with your kids. Because they can feel that level of attention. So you're not like making them feel uncomfortable, but you're really listening to what they're saying. And trying to listen by yourself is like, okay, I'm going to listen. And I'm really focusing. It's hard to do. Mm -hmm. But if I'm repeating what you said, it gives me something to do. And my brain has the excess capacity to be able to hear what you're saying, repeat it, and listen to that all at the same time. And FYI, world's fastest reader in is doing about 30,000 words a minute. Wow. With 100% comprehension. It's a photo reading technique that they just take a picture of the page and while they go to the next page, their mind is processing. It just shows you the power of our brain. And one of the reasons we don't listen is, because James, you know, come on, get better at this. You're talking about 120 words a minute. And my brain has the capacity of 30,000 words a minute. So, uh, no wonder my mind wanders because it's got excess capacity. Mm -hmm. But when I focus on what you're saying and repeating it, my entire brain focuses on you. And that's a great way to be great leader, great dad, great spouse. Mm -hmm. And that would be leadership one-on-one, just listen. And in sales too. Best salespeople, people are great listeners. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think like a helpful tip for me has been when you're listening, especially on like sales presentations, because like, mm -hmm. You know, you want to make a sale, obviously, but like the best salespeople are the ones who like care the most about the prospect mm. and their result and helping them achieve that result and giving them the right solution, et cetera. So listening to understand rather than, you know, listening yeah. to, to, to think like, what am I going to say next? Like what's next? What's my next question for this? rather than just listening to understand the solution. And it helps with objections too, you know? I was watching something by Alex Ramosi actually recently where he was talking about like using logic in the close, so like after you've mm. made your proposition, closing with logic and um, just listening to people and like caring about their scenario and giving them different options and whatnot. But it was, all, it was pretty much just about that, like listening and seeking to understand their situation and how you can support them through that to make it the right decision for them. Brilliant. And I think uh, in that listening phase, uh, also you can hear a tone of voice or a pause when someone's speaking. And it's like, yeah, James, uh, you were talking there for a minute. You hesitated. Like, what's happening with that program right now? And then the person says, oh, we had a total failure like a week ago. And it set us back three days. Something that if you did not pick up that hesitation in what they were saying, you would have totally missed. But that is some gold for you when you go in for the close. Hmm. Like, you know, you don't want another situation where you're down for three days. How much did that cost you, by the way? That cost us like $40,000. Mm. But yeah, that would be like painful. Our solution is only $5,000 and it's going to allow you to avoid that. And then it's just like a no-brainer. It's a $40,000 problem and you solved it for five grand. It's like, uh, I want to name my kid after. Right. Yeah. Well, then it's also solving the problem. I think a lot of people don't have enough mm. like confidence and that, that comes with time, you know, as, we, as you start to get people more results, then you become more confident that like, I know I can do this. And that goes back to what we were talking about before, where it's like, it's just that 
sense of knowing in yourself that it's just that energy like Alex Hermosi has, you know, it's just, you have it or Justin Welsh or these different leaders that you see, it's like, they're just so freaking confident because they know they can charge like two grand plus for an hour of their time to sit down with you because they know that they're going to get you a stellar result. So absolutely. So one of the things that gets in the way of leadership and sales is uh, the beliefs that we have. And I'll give you an example. I was working with this real estate team and one of the gentlemen was 21 years old and he is really good at what he does. And anytime he has uh, a listing presentation, he takes his boss with him and the most expensive home that he had sold at that point was $600,000, but he takes his boss with him when he goes to do the close. So when I start working with him, he's got a belief that I'm too young Mm -hmm. for this business and people are not going to take me seriously. So, uh, I play with applied neuroscience. So we figure out what the belief is. And from that belief, uh, we go, oh, you've got this belief, I'm too young. And in a session, I changed the belief that he had about being too young. So that was gone. And within two weeks, he closed a $3.5 million listing, didn't take his boss in at all. He says that thought that I'm too young has not entered my head for two weeks. It's just like it used to be there all the time and now it's just gone. And that's the power that we have is at the heart of who we are is where we hold our beliefs about money, self, coffee, girls, marriage, boys, country. We've got anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 beliefs that define who we are. And those beliefs uh, dictate our behaviors and our behaviors give us our results. And so the only problem is our beliefs are sitting in the unconscious outside of our awareness. We're only aware of our behaviors. And we go to change those and we can't, or we go to see Alex Hormese and uh, uh, we get so inspired, we change our behavior, but because we didn't address the underlying belief, it's like a black hole of gravity. After a day, a week, we go back to what we used to do. Mm. So leadership is all about understanding the power of beliefs. Sales is all about the power of beliefs. And so we don't need to remain stuck and we don't need to struggle with those beliefs for with affirmations, you know, for the next three months, I'm going to say uh, money comes to me easily. And if you have money issues, like if someone listening to us right now thinks that $500 is a lot of money, uh, they've done a research study with 1.4 million salespeople. If that's one of the beliefs they have, they're 80% more likely to cave in on price. So I say, you know, my service is going to be uh, $30,000. And you go, don't say anything. I'm predisposed to say, but you know, we could bring it down to $22,000. And I'm already discounting because I think $500 is a lot of money. Mm. And so for a salesperson, we can look at their beliefs around money. Here's one of the exercises I do. We don't have enough time for this, but I'll describe it. I have an audience full of uh, salespeople. And I say, I'm going to suggest your annual income. Pay attention to any thoughts that come in your head any sensations in your body or any emotions that come up. And I start low. You're going to earn $20,000 a year, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, 150, 200, 500, a million, 10 million. And I take them up the scale. Then I ask the audience, what did it feel like when I was uh, suggesting that you earn a lot less than you are right now? Some people like wasn't paying attention to it. Other people were like, how dare you? They got angry that I suggested (laughs) that showing the power of beliefs coming up and self-worth. Then 
when I got to what you're earning right now, other than uh, depressing, what did that feel like? And then people kind of laugh and you hear, I felt comfortable, felt okay. What did it feel like when I said numbers slightly higher than you're earning right now? What you hear back is, I felt excited, motivated. What did it feel like when I said numbers way more than you're earning right now? Then you start hearing people say, oh, I'll be working all the time. I won't be there for my kids. They'll turn to drugs. Uh, money destroys marriages. My wife will leave me. Crazy. Or I'll turn into a, an asshole and I'll be mean to people. And, and they're all the beliefs we have around money. And in our society, uh, we have beliefs about everything, but certainly around money. We also have beliefs around salespeople and selling. And they're all negative except for a few. And those beliefs can hamper how well you do. Because if you believe that salespeople are sleazy, even though you're not, because it's hotwired into your system, you will reach a certain level of excellence in sales. And then you'll sabotage yourself mm -hmm. to remain at that small place. Because if you became a successful salesperson, if that belief is true, that salespeople are sleazy, then you think that, wait a minute, my integrity will go out the window and I'll turn into one of these sleazy people, mm -hmm. not at a conscious level where you could go, I'm never going to do that. But at an unconscious level, it controls the entire show. And it can make you miss meetings. It can make you say the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's like, what the hell did I say that? I had the sale. And then I started explaining this other thing. And the client went, oh, I'm not sure I want this anymore. Mm -hmm. Crazy. It's so true, man. Yeah. The belief system, the belief structure. Um, Umar, where can people learn more about you and the work that you're doing? So the best place is go to my website, no, no limits with an S selling, no limits selling.com is, uh, uh, a ton of stuff there. Also, there is uh, a really cool thing that shows you how to boost your self-esteem anytime you want, day or night. Hmm. And also, I've released this app called Mindset Boosters that gives you the power to decide how you want to feel or act in any situation. That's MindsetBoosters.com, and it's going to change your life if you're in sales. If you want to feel freaking bulletproof and you're not feeling it today, within five minutes, you'll be able to go into that meeting and have more confidence than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Love it. That's it. That's a lot of confidence. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Cool. We'll put links down in the description. Make sure you check out coach Umar. And then for the listener, take one nugget from today. There were a lot, maybe you need to re-listen to the episode. Totally fine. Uh, but just apply it. That is my challenge for you. That is my call for you and just get out there, make something happen. Check out coach Umar and we will see you in the next one.